Welcome to Biblical Tapestry Podcast Episode 4. We're going to be in 1 John chapter 2, where John is telling us to beware of the world. In these podcasts of Biblical Tapestry, we explore how the Bible is its own commentary and how the gospel is woven from Genesis to Revelation like a masterpiece of tapestry. We are currently in a study in 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, and today we continue to investigate 1st John chapter 4, Light and Darkness, and the reason why John was writing this letter and a warning about the world around us. Let's start with 1st John chapter 2, starting in verse 9 through 11. The one who says he is in the light but hates his brother or sister is in the darkness until now. The one who loves his brother or sister remains in the light, and there is no cause for stumbling in them, in him. But the one who hates his brother or sister is in the darkness, walks in the darkness, and doesn't know where he's going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. Remember that light and darkness are familiar throughout Scripture, where light represents holiness, purity, and darkness is sin or transgression. If you say you're in the light but hate your brother, does that mean you dislike someone, that you're not a Christian? You know, that there will always be those people that you won't like, and probably vice versa if you think about it. But you don't have to like someone to love them as Christ has intended. John was focusing in on the attitude that causes us to ignore or despise other people. Where would that attitude possibly come from? Well, Christian love is not a feeling, but a choice. We choose to love and respect others despite what they do or have done. If we choose to love others, what do you think God would do in our lives? John has moved from knowing God to abiding in God and now living in the light of God. And if we walk in the light... We share that special intimacy with God, and God will give you all you need to love others. Not only this, but God's light and living and obedience with him illuminates the direction we should walk by his light and reduces the possibility of stumbling in the dark. But what is the contrasting person in verse 11? Well, living in this darkness is demonstrated by an absence of love. But even worse, it is an absence of God as God is light. In this darkness, the individual is exiled from fellowship with the Father, exiled from fellowship with Jesus Christ and the believing community. They walk around confused and lost and not knowing where they are going. Perhaps that describes you or someone you know. Unethical behavior or a lack of fruit as discussed in episode 3 not only demonstrates that the claim to be a Christian is false, but contributes to the spiritual downfall. This darkness is not passive. As it goes on to attack those living in darkness, increasing the confusion, help them to be blind to what's going on around them, and less likely to see their way out. Habitual hatred leads to even more hatred always. Obviously from John we need to open our eyes to the light of God's glory and Christ's love for us and flee from all darkness. Let's love everyone and hate no one. 
again, you don't need to like a person or their behavior in order to love them through Christ. These were ideas and truths that John was compelled to write to his readers. And he tells us, starting in 1 John chapter 2, verse 12, I'm writing to you, little children, since your sins have been forgiven on account of his name. I'm writing to you, fathers, because you have come to know the one who is from the beginning. I'm writing to you, young men, because you have conquered the evil one. I've written to you, children, because you have come to know the Father. I have written to you, fathers, because you've come to know the one who is from the beginning. I've written to you, young men, because you are strong. God's word remains in you, and you have conquered the evil one. Well, we can also look at these verses by replacing fathers with those who are mature in faith, replacing young men with those who are young in the faith, replacing the dear children to being God's children. God, John is bridging his comments from obedience into the comments of God to warnings of loving the world and warning them about the Antichrist that were showing up around John's readers. In summary of why John writes this letter, he tells us, because as God's children, we have had our sins forgiven by Jesus' blood. He's reminding mature Christians that they know intimately Christ who existed from the beginning. He's reminding the young in faith because they succeeded in the battle with Satan over their lives. He's reminding both the mature and the young to know the Father, reminding that the mature in faith know Christ existed from the beginning, and reminding the young in faith that they're strong and should remain so with God's word active in their lives. And now John tells us as to why he's writing it, and he tells us to be aware of the world. In 1 John 2, 15 through 17, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride in one's possessions is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world with its lust is passing away. But the one who loves the will of God remains forever. So what is the difference between our love and God's love? Verse 15 again. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Well, this sounds strange because God does love the world. In John 3, 16-17, For God loved the world in this way. He gave his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. When John speaks of the world in verse 15, it is in terms as an evil, organized, earthly system controlled by the power of the one, evil one, and has aligned itself against God and his kingdom, says Daniel Aiken. That's the world he's talking about. There is this constant battle between light and darkness that will end this world. Believers are not to be part of this system, this evil system, but to care for others above self. The object of a person's love, be it God, be it the world system, is very decisive in demonstrating where the love of God resides. A believer's allegiance should never be divided by a singular loyalty and commitment to God. Never be divided. You cannot love the world and God at the same time. They do not coexist peacefully. 
Verse 15 again says, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of Father is not in him. That's strong language. Verse 16 goes on and says, For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride in one's possessions is not from the Father, but is from the world. Let's nail that down further. This should be clear now that everything in this evil system of the world and its function listed here is not from God. God created a world that was not evil, but humanity in its sinfulness has followed evil rather than good and worshiped the creation rather than the creator. In Romans chapter 1 verse 18, Paul says, For God's wrath is revealed from heaven against all godlessness and unrighteousness of people who by their uprightness support the truth, since what can be known about God is evident among them because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, that is, his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly seen since the creation of the world being understood though through what he has made. As a result, people are without excuse. I'll stop here for a second. God is revealed by what he has made around us, the beauty of it. Verse 21 of Romans 1, For though they knew God, they did not glorify him as God or show gratitude. Instead, their thinking became worthless and their senseless hearts were darkened. There's that darkness again. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man, birds, four-footed animals, and reptiles. Daniel Aiken says again that the problem is not that God created the material things of this world. The problem is that people have made things into idols. And the avenues to all vices in the world around us are expressed in verse 16, with the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and pride in one's possessions. All these pervert the goodness of God's creation. Going back to Romans 1 again, verse 24, Therefore God delivered them over in the desires of their hearts to sexual impurity, so that their bodies were degraded among themselves. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie, and worshipped and served what has been created instead of the Creator, who is praised forever. Amen. Humans are born into a predisposition to be evil, and have the tendency to fulfill that natural desires in ways contrary to God's will. The only remedy is to become a child of God through the sacrifice of Christ on the cross. Our eyes are not evil in themselves, but often the means of sinful desires introduced into the mind. In Mark chapter 7, verse 21, Christ was saying, For from, for, for from within, out of people's hearts, come evil thoughts, sexual immoralities, thefts, murders, adulteries, greed, evil actions, deceit, self-indulgence, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. All these evil things come within and defile a person. Finally, we see the evil of the boasting of man doing things this world finds important, such as materialism, which is an affront to the Creator. This, isn't a glorif- this is a glorification of self and self-importance where dependence on the Creator for existence is really what's required. All you have... All we can accomplish are all by the grace of God as creator. Wealth, social standing, and status symbols matters little to God. 
Daniel Lakin said one more time, pride, prestige, power, and position count for nothing in the kingdom of God. God's evaluation of us is completely different. Verse 17 of 1 John chapter 2, And the world with its lust is passing away, but the one who does the will of God remains forever. For those who believe the things of this world are worthless compared to a life lived in the will of God. Things still make up our lives, obviously, but they are secondary to service to God, and they're not to be used as a replacement. The person who thinks he has enough wealth and property to protect himself and ensure his security has no need for God or anything outside himself. It's a comment from the Net Bible. I know believers struggle with these three things. We, we are to develop the opposite of the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and pride of life by trusting God, prayer, Bible study, self-control, generosity, and a commitment to humble service. Alan Culpepper said this, Victory is assured. Resistance is required. Next episode, we will continue in 1 John 2. Beware of the Antichrist. God bless and take care.